Welcome to the panel. Um, I came at this partially through it because uh, JP is technologically not savvy, but here is the Switch Mania Playcast panel with Grant from Video Games Monthly in progress. Do 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 Switch Mania Playcast. Indie developers are using Kickstarter as a platform to, to create their games, and what we're seeing is the Nintendo Switch, we all know, is not as powerful as a PS4 or as an Xbox. Nintendo doesn't try to be that. It was never meant to be. No, but we're seeing a lot of retro-inspired games making a comeback. And whether they're digital only on the eShop or they do somehow get a physical release somehow, um, it's just amazing. I mean, I don't know if anyone's played Fox and Forest, um, the new Bloodstain, Curse of the Moon. Love that game. Yeah, I mean, it's these 8-bit and 16-bit games that everybody's getting drawn to. Yeah, Shovel Knight, uh, King of Cards is coming out. December, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't wait for that. And, I, yeah. Go ahead. No, no. Yeah, no, I mean, I've been a huge fan of the Shovel Knight series since the beginning. I helped, I, I donated for the Kickstarter. Um, it actually did get a physical release. Um, I don't, it's not out yet, the Shovel Knight. It's coming. Yeah, and then Shovel Knight Big is coming out uh, 2020, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Team of Cards, that's coming out on every platform. Um, multiplayer mode for Switch, and wait, is that one getting a physical release or not? Which one? For uh, like the whole uh, tro- treasure trove. Yeah, it I is. think it's part of the the physical that's coming out. That's perfect. Yeah, and we see this boom, right? So I'm just curious. If we're gonna make this a little interactive because I can't talk for an hour, and I don't think anyone wants to hear me for an hour. But I'll, I'll listen to you yeah, now. thank you. So show of hands, <laughs> who collects digitally? Well, or JP who has me looking at the ceiling this? right now, so I can't see the crowd. Like there we go. Horrible right? cameraman. Or you could show me all while you all are talking, too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, ridiculous. Yes. Hey, hi, the Jeffrey, Worst everybody. cameraman ever. There we go. <laughs> I'm literally sitting here, like, trying to set stuff up, and I'm looking at the ceiling. It's <laughs> a good ceiling here. Okay, so let me ask now my I question. Table, so who is primarily downloading games for the Switch? Okay, who's collecting? Okay, so I just shout it out. What makes you want to collect? Like, what are you looking for when a game, you know, what, what makes you want to buy the game? Like, okay. Is anyone just collecting, like, a game from every publisher or every developer, you know, regardless of what it is? Or is everyone kind of more selective with what, you know, what they own? Selective. Okay. Now, has that always been the case for everybody? Or is it just the sheer amount of games coming out that's kind of a little intimidating? It's very intimidating. Yeah. Because right now, I mean, I don't know if everyone realizes... There's over 500 games for the Switch that support English, and that's not even counting, like, Japanese exclusives. There's Spain exclusives, German exclusives, if you could believe that. There's, like, a German game show that they made a game for, and it's just unbelievable. And even, like, today... That's more titles than the original Xbox. Hey, JP, hand hand your phone over to Grant, because you're having me look at the table as you talk. (laughs) Grant could be our cameraman. (laughs) I disagree. Is this any better? Yes, that's much better. It's not like JP talking and I'm looking at the microphone. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm failing this, everybody. I'm sorry. We're not professionals. No. Okay, so where were we? Well, I think Jeff is, but... Yes. Okay. Hey, I so couldn't even get of- out of Dallas-Fort Worth Airport last night, so what professional am I? So, with releases, even tonight at 6 p.m., Strictly Limited Games, which is German-based, is releasing a game. I mean, that's just how crazy it is. There's... There's no sleep anymore for collecting. It's literally every day there seems to be a new game coming out, a new game that's available for pre-order, and it's not slowing down. German only, you said? No, well, it's a German company, Strictly Limited Games, and they're releasing a game that's worldwide. So okay. it supports English. Okay. But it just goes to show, I mean, 
what game? It's, <laughs> it's called. Wiener Kingstein. Or Door Kickers. Oh. Action Squad, which is a sequel. That looks really cool. It's it looks like eight bit, sixteen bit graphics. You're literally like a, a squad based action gameplay where you're, you're busting down the doors and just shooting and lots of cartoon blood everywhere. Right on my alley. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be a fun game. But what's crazy is you really have to be in the know because there's just so many games coming out that it's so easy to miss. And, I mean, I'm fortunate enough that I kind of just integrated myself in this whole Switch community, uh-huh. and I have people around the world going, like, if you know about this game, if you know about this game. Job's you know, not good. I never see Grant when he's uh, not when he's sober, so this is weird. Yeah, we won't move okay. from this spot. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, continue. Okay, so collecting. But aside from even just the regular and the limited releases, you have collector editions now. And what's crazy is, I don't know about you, but every game seems to be getting a collector edition. I don't know why that is. They range from the mediocre ones where it's like a pin and the game to really good ones where you're getting posters, you're getting, you're getting manuals, which should not be an oddity nowadays, but we just don't see that with games anymore. They're either like just an insert that says go to the website and download the manual. or Nicholas is really good at that, though. Yeah, so Nicholas. Um, Nicholas. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce him. Is it Nicholas or Nicholas? Take a poll in the crowd. What is it? Yeah, let's pull the crowd. Nicholas the cr- or Nicholas? Nick, good, good call. Or you have no idea who I'm talking about. All right, arms up for <laughs> Nicholas. One, two, three, four, five. Nicholas. There we go. We're going to go with Nicholas. It's right. Nicholas. It's yeah. Nicholas. There we Nicholas. go. So let's start at the All beginning. Right. So their first Switch release was Binding of Isaac, and that had an NES-style manual. It had stickers, and it was a regular price you know, in retail stores. And that's how the standard should be, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all collecting. You want more than just a case and cartridge, and it's nice when companies can include those. Sometimes they're only available in the collector editions. Yep. But going back to collector editions, if you look at the limited publishers, they're very big on, on CEs, right? So they have, like, vinyls. They have music soundtracks. They have pins. They have posters. They have random stuff, and you guys like collecting that kind of stuff, right? I mean, I put soundtracks in my, you know, I drive my kids to school, and I'm playing video game music on the way there. It's great having that kind of stuff. It's it's physical media. Mm-hmm. It's collectible. It's entertaining for the kids, but for the co- children. But it's costly, and that's that's, eh. that's the part that it's a little bit. Yeah, but it's worth it. If you're casual, it's okay because you know you're picking out what you want, and you're not necessarily stressing about owning everything. For me, for the first two and a half years, I was getting everything. And when I say everything, the only thing I was skipping was like Japanese exclusives where I just cannot understand the story whatsoever. I have no idea even to get through the menu. Mm. But worldwide, I was buying everything. And there was games that came out with variant covers in some regions. They came out with reprints, misprints, regular editions. Reversible covers. Reversible covers, ultimate editions. I mean, there's literally a game. I own it like three times because they have the regular then the collector, then a bonus one. I mean, and let me ask you this. How difficult is it to get all those variants? It can be difficult if you don't know when they come out. Mm-hmm. So if they're not regular retail, you have to know what website to go to. You have to know if it's going to be you know, X amount of copies available versus an open pre-order system. And it gets, I mean, for me, it gets stressful. Because it, it should be fun collecting and playing these games. But trying to own everything, I mean, you just don't sleep anymore. <laughs> I mean, hey, can I uh, like, say one thing? So, so being like, I'm a much different type of collector than JP is, and I'm very specialized, right? Very specialized collector. 
Um, now, the thing is, is that JP's 100% right. There's a reason why he changed how he collects, and it's things are getting really crazy out there with how many games, limited editions, everything that's released, and we want to support everything. We know a lot of the developers and the publishers, and they're all passionate, but the thing is, is that the market's going to kind of even itself out here in a few years, and really those special games that you connect with are the ones that are going to really take over. So that's going to be like where the market's going to go a little bit. Um, but the thing is, is that like I collect a very specialized way. Um, I'm doing the collector's book because I enjoy being able to actually get down to playing everything again. And that's one of the hardest things us as collectors have is playing all the games, right? That's what we want to do. We want to play everything. So the thing is, is that um, like we do the Switch Mania Playcast, JP and I, because we literally want to play more games. And the thing is, though, is that as we hone things in, our collections become more of our own personal reflection of us on our shelves. So two things that he mentioned I'm not sure if everyone's aware of. Uh, Jeffrey and I do a weekly podcast called Switch Mania Playcast. We pick a game, and for that week before we film, we play it. So we alternate between which game we want to play, and we pick either a digital-only game, you know, something that came off the shelves, something that we just may not have ever even thought about playing, and then we talk about it on the show. We talk about new releases, what we picked up during the week. We talk about new news in the Switch world. Um, and then, you know, we talk about the Switch Collector book. So I'll segue into that. But like I said, year one had about 92 physical releases that, had, that supported English. Year two, more than doubled that. Year three, you can see the exponentially growing trend that we have. So what we're doing right now, if anyone's familiar with Jeffrey Winton Hagen's books, he's done the complete NES guide, complete SNES guide. He has a Virtual Boy book coming out. And I'm fortunate enough to be working with him on one called The Switch Collector. And we're going to be going year by year covering all the Switch releases. So all the physical ones, all the versions of them, you know, highlight some of the digital-only titles that, you know, people really gravitate towards or even, you know, didn't even realize came out because right. there's just so many nowadays that you can easily miss a digital title. It's incredibly difficult to keep up on every single release. Yes. It's kind of insane. It is. So, uh, so with, with the Switch Collector book, we are 100% funded on Kickstarter. Uh, switchopedia.com, that's the website, so like the encyclopedia of the Switch, switchopedia.com. Um, we already passed our first stretch goal, um, and we're looking pretty strong on hitting our second stretch goal. First stretch goal is printing on the inside of the covers, like right here, like I'm showing off if we have a video going, like inside of the covers, get awesome printing. Um... And you got to realize, even though JP is technologically inferior, I have video going for the recording. So those on YouTube. Yeah, at least somebody has video. Yeah. Yeah. Be able to watch this later. You can see my face again for the. Well, and they get to see no, me so bouncing around yeah, on camera. <laughs> yeah, so the base goal was funded. The first stretch goal was having artwork on the inside. And that's, that's from the community as well. So if you're an artist, you can submit your artwork. Stretch goal two is a bonus bookmark so like the Joy-Cons red and blue we want to have two in there stretch goal three which we're coming up to is covering all the Japanese exclusives because there are a lot and 
we're looking like we will be able to include those in the book. And then Stretch Goal 4 is a premium slipcover that everybody who backs the book gets and should be exclusive to the Kickstarter campaign only. So We're talking about gets for free, too. Like yeah, It's included with your normal book backing, and those yeah. typically cost a lot of extra money. So Great. Hint. Hint. So <laughs> It's live until October 11th, I believe, 10th, 11th. So you still got time. But, you know, as a Support. collector, I love those books. I love, like, you know, growing up on the NES and the SNES, I played them. I was very casual. And even today, you know, I'm at his booth. I'm looking through it. And there's games I've never even heard of before. And it's and that, that library is not too expansive. I mean, it's it's manageable, but there's just so many games that come out for a console that you just may miss one. And you really need to be in the know. Exactly. In the know. So that's what the Switch Collector book is. We want to make sure that, you know, whether you've been collecting since day one or you're joining now or you're going to collect when the system is done, you're not going to miss a release. Um, so like I said, it's... No title left behind. No title left behind. Trademark. <laughs> yes. So the other interesting part is besides for all the physical... Uh, games that came out during the first year in the books. We're also going to cover digital-only games that were released that we would like to see physically. So that's another aspect. So, so those of you in the crowd there that we're talking about that you normally just download games, um, this will actually be a section that might be very interesting to you because there might be some games out there in the convoluted eShop that you know you might actually get some enjoyment out of. Because the eShop is crazy right now. It's like the Wild West. You can't even really search it well. Um, I think they've done an update that they've allowed a little bit of you know more robust searching. But... It's still pretty tough to get your game noticed as a developer. For sure. Yeah. And what's funny is that, you know, the book we're going chronologically. So in year one, there's a digital-only game. So let's take an example, A Whole New World um, from Mad Year Games. And it's getting a physical in year three now. So, you know, we are in the future writing about the past. So we do make a notation that there is a physical coming. But as of this point, it's still digital only. And I don't know if everyone knows, but uh, A Whole New World, awesome 8-bit game. You can actually beat it within like an hour or so, but it's just very fun. And a German limited publisher, another one called First Press Games, is releasing the physical. So does everyone know who First Press Games is? Now you do. I mean, that's just how crazy it is. There's so many different publishers coming out now yes. that the chance of a game getting a physical has greatly increased. But at the same time, for collectors, it's, it's a burden because it's like, now I may have to pick and choose which games to get. Do I still buy everything? Are they releasing a regular, a collector edition? I mean, it's just, it's a little bit insane and so, overwhelming. So I got somehow. something, JP, for you. How about let's do a limited release publisher 101, where you can go limited publisher by limited publisher and tell the crowd about them? Because it sounds like a lot of people don't know about these companies. You know a lot about them. So let's go. I know a little bit. Okay, so let me, I'll briefly go through them all, so that way if you were missing any or didn't know about it, now you do. And Please take notes. There's going to be a quiz at yes. the end. <laughs> With giveaways from the quiz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so in the U.S., we have Limited Run Games. They've been around since 2015. They started with PS Vita, PS4. They've actually done some P PC, PS3 now. They've done a Wii U with Axiom Verge. There's a 3DS. Coming. A 3DS with a 2 collection. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, their main focus is also the Nintendo Switch. And they have about 46 titles since 2018. I mean, think about that. Every month, there's about two to three games that they're announcing. It's hard work. Yeah. So that's really the only one in the U.S. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Then in Texas, right. there are special reserve games. So they recently just started. They did Enter the Gungeon. They did uh, Minute. 
they did Downwell, which is live right now Downwell. to pre-order. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to sidetrack here because this is how crazy things get. Enter the Gungeon got a retail release. Go to Best Buy, GameStop, they have it. But the developer and the publisher, Devolver Digital, they have a partnership with Special Reserve Games. So they're also releasing it. Same game. And nope. they just disappeared. Like, they are done. And now new companies from that point on are coming out and everybody's wary. And it's, it's crazy. Because then in Germany, you have strictly limited games. Like I said, they do pre-orders on the weekend. So if you go to their website, you'll see one tonight. And they've done about five games so far. And they're very manageable. Every month they release one game, always the last weekend of the month. They have uh, pretty much a regular and a collector's edition, but they don't do open pre-orders. So it's, you know, there's an X amount of copies available. Then also in Germany, games, which I talked about, they have three titles for pre-order right now with the first one coming out next month. So everyone's kind of been hesitant to see, are they really going to ship? It's safe to say, yes, they will. They've mm-hmm. been attending different conventions. I mean, they are legitimate. So hopefully if you've been wary about them, you should feel comfortable pre-ordering. Um, then in Asia, you have East Asia Soft. So if anyone's familiar with Play Asia, they're an import website that covers games from all around the world. Yep, good. So they have a publishing one, which is East Asia Soft. Um, they are great. They do about one game a month, one game every other month. It's not too crazy. And I will say, like, in terms of collecting, theirs are probably the, the most reasonably priced because their collector edition is always only $10 more. So if the game is 30 or 40 the collector's is 40 or 50 You always get a CD, you get the same authenticity. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, and shipping's not too bad either. No, shipping is free, which yeah. is even better from around the world. Yep. Um, and then there's probably still a few more. I mean, it's just like that's how many companies are out there. But it just gives you an idea of, like, if you want to collect for everything, you have to be following them. Exactly. Or follow me because I'll post about all these things so you don't miss them. But, I mean, it's just, you know, different times of the month, everybody is releasing a game. And there's weeks where literally four companies in a row are releasing a game. And they all on the upfront. Yep. So it's just, you know, how do you collect? you collect the right way in terms of getting everything? Do you pick and choose? What, do you, what about you? No, I've, I'm, I'm a pick and choose kind of person. You, I know, are going for everything. So if you, if you do want to keep up on everything, follow at JP Switchmania on Twitter. Yeah, that's where I am. the go-to place to go. Um, no, I, I'm very picky and choosy about my games. Um, I'll get the limited edition, collector's edition. I mean, the, the Octopath Travel. I mean, it's going a little ways back. But Stack Fletcher's edition was amazing. With the and that's how you do it. Edition, yeah. yeah, exactly. That, they did it right. I wish more companies would do that. Yeah. But you can't count on them for that. No. So I want to jump back a little. So you do video games monthly, yes. which is people collecting retro. Yes. So... You've been around for a number of years. I'm just curious, what have you seen in terms of a trend of people wanting to collect retro? Because, you know, we have the Switch now, which has brought a lot of people back, but that's where it started from. You're right. And we've gotten a lot of very hard players because, you know, these games, they, we don't endorse this, but emulation is widely available, right? If you want to play an old school game, your phone can play them. Like, it's not hard to get, right? want to have the actual cartridge. They want to have the box that came in. They want to have the manual. They want to have the actual disc. It's very important, I think, for collectors to have this kind of physical media display on their shelves. It's a talking point for some people. It may sound a little weird, but honestly, it's a kind of a point of pride yeah. for a lot of people. Well, it's very hard to show off your digital collection, right? You're like, oh, I have this game, and it's down, and I can't play it. Or right. for whatever reason, there's an update that hasn't been done. But you know, you go into somebody's house, you're hanging out, yeah. you want to share the games, you want to display the games, you can do that. And, and honestly... People like the, uh, I don't even know what the term is, longevity, mm-hmm. the durability, I guess, of physical media. Some game could be an online exclusive game, 
X number of years go by, the servers go down. Guess what? Titanfall. That, right? You can't play that game online 20 years from now. But throw a copy of Super Mario Brothers in an old NES or a or something like that, you can still play it. It's the exact same experience. So having physical media for collectors, highly important. And I think that's really what's driving the Switch, having all these limited run games and et cetera, et cetera. Having the actual cartridge, having the case, having mm-hmm. you know the manual that comes with it or the extra collectibles, yeah. hugely important. And I think what's crazy for me is that growing up with the NES and the SNES and even the Genesis, they're carts, right? Hey, I mean, hey, give the Genesis some credit. Yes, I, give the, I like the Genesis. It, no, but Genesis it, does. But it's something about just these little cartridges that just make it so fun to collect for. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I'm just... And it's weird, like even this, the, the tangibility, the holding it in your hands, yeah. I don't, it's cool. It's cool to me. Yeah. And I do like Don't, I feel like Nintendo has fixed themselves from the Wii U yeah. era. They've definitely, I mean, you see now, like, the Vita is on its way out, and all those publishers that were doing, like, the visual novel games in year three, that's really what I think, like, the genre is of the year for the Switch, are visual novels. And we didn't see that on previous consoles, really, for, for them. Like, no, the, yeah, it was all handheld games. Vita, yeah. it was 3DS, the, the DS before, uh, the right. uh, and, and you see those coming back. Yeah. Too. And now you have the Switch Lite. 999. Has anybody played that, by the way? Yeah, so good. Don't spoil it for anybody. <laughs> no, so then then you have the Switch Lite, right? So yes. they understand that there's people that are playing it at home, playing it on the go, and people that just want to play it on the go. So Switch Lite came out, I think, a week ago, two weeks ago, the 20th. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's opened up this whole new... Um, not category, but like this group of people that haven't played the Switch yeah, it's yet. It's a subsection. Yeah. And, you know, people are asking, like, you know, is it really still a Switch if it's only handheld? It doesn't no. Switch. <laughs> They're doing everything right at this point. Oh, for sure. A few things could be fixed, like the menu options and folders would be a godsend. I would love to have that. Why don't we have themes? themes it's black or white. I know. Ugh. 3DS has themes. Why not Switch? They yeah. should bring that over. What was that? I think we've heard him. We heard our grant. Yes. Yes. yes we heard him. Grant, Grant. I like that. <laughs> no, but the other thing we need to talk about is their online uh, platform now. So they had yeah. the NES, right? And every month they released two or three games. And finally, SNES came. I never thought we would see it, but we did. And now, you know, everyone's already thinking, well, what's the next platform they're going to do? And I think that's what's so great is that people that, you know, grew up with the consoles back in the day have a chance to now play them on the go, and their library keeps expanding. I'm already mad, though. Why? They went from Nintendo. Yeah. The Super Nintendo. Skip Game Boy. They skipped the Game Boy. They'll come back to it. I'm sure they it's will. It's a legacy handheld system. For some reason, they never go back to Game Boy. I don't understand it. I love the Game Boy. Right? I want a, I want a Game Boy Mini. It's so tiny, I have to play it like this. You know? <laughs> Gash upon it's Mini. It's a legacy. It's hugely successful for them. And what's interesting is, like, even Dragon Quest, right? Yeah. Like, one, two, and three came out. But I think it's, like, the mobile ports that we're getting digitally on the eShop that can get, like, even the Game Boy Color one would have been nice to have. It would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Nintendo. Are you, are you listening to me, Nintendo? Put your Game Boy games on your modern console. He's looking at me like I'm Nintendo right now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, for, for the recording. So that way I'm right in Nintendo's face. Oh, don't worry. That <laughs> video is actually not recording. I'm not that technically savvy. Well, let's go, let's go now, back now to everybody here. <laughs> okay, so who is playing the NES and SNES games on the eShop? Yeah. All right. Did you buy the controllers that they were selling exclusively on their website? No. Yeah, you don't need to, right? I mean, they're cool to have, but the 8-bit dough, even just playing with the, the Joy-Cons or Progress cool. But I like that they're doing that because mm-hmm. they know that there is this whole community of people that grew up with these controllers. And the fact that you can get them and they weigh the same, they feel the same, they look the same minus the wire, yeah. I think is great. Um, I cannot wait 
for the Switch Online Nintendo 64. And they had that huge, like, oh, trident. The McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, just, like, <laughs> click those on the side of your Switch thing. Well, they were smart this time, so these don't clip it anymore they now. They don't. Yeah, it's a USB cord. I think they learned. They were like, I'm not going to clip the Super Nintendo controller on the side. They are um, teaching us before the N64 yes, virtual console or whatever. Yes. Yeah. So do we think Nintendo 64 is going to be coming at some point? Because we know Doom 64 got announced digitally, right? So we're getting that at least. And we got, we got Turok 1, Turok 2. Yes, and those got physical releases. As well. And that's what's crazy. Yeah, go out and collect those. Yeah. Why not, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I still want my... Any snowboarding. Snowboard kids. Snowboard kids. Oh, oh so, good. so good. And that's, that's, to me, that's also interesting. <laughs> yeah, see, he's in. That gets a reaction. Yes. There's no, a bit like of a delay NES, here, people says. Okay. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but what's really cool is, like, with the NES one, each most popular games, right? And then with the SNES, they start throwing in more, I want to say, like, obscure games. But I feel like their libraries are finally starting to expand. Mm. And I think they just need to move past the NES and SNES. Because if they could do it, Virtual Boy, I think, would be very cool to have. You have the Game Boy, the whole library of that. At Dude, some point, why was Virtual Boy not on Virtual Console? Yeah. Especially on 3DS. Have different color. Uh, I have another grant rant for that. Oh, you're right. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Nintendo Labo. <laughs> yes. And we should, really quick. So. All right, fast. Okay, besides. Because that's besides, another collector. Yeah, so this game, what I like about Nintendo is they always take chances, right? They do something different that the other companies just aren't doing. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And then you have Nintendo Labo, yeah. which to me, I think is very interesting. I think it's... It, it lets the creativity flow, right? It lets you do things with your kids if you have them. Or if you're just a creative guy, you can build something and have something tangible. The problem, though... Creative guy or girl. Guy or girl. Uh, I'm sorry. What do you do with all these pieces? Because they're just like these humongous things that don't fit back in the box. And I don't know if Nintendo really thought too much about how people are storing them. Um, oh, no. You got all kinds of stuff. Like, yeah. Talk about collectors. All those Labo just strewn about your house. Yeah. So who, who does Labo? Yeah. Do you like it? Nope. Do you have a favorite one? Not the robot kit. Yeah, not the robot kit. That was elaborate. That took hours. And it should have. But now they did VR, right? They had their first iteration of of VR. So, you know, they're definitely trying to do more with the Switch. And Mm -hmm. and then I don't know if anyone knows this, but, like, they've recently patented new designs for the Joy-Con that will, like, unhinge on the the top a little so they curve. So it's just like, you know, what are they planning next? And that's what I like about Nintendo is that they don't kind of just rest on what they're doing because they're doing very well. We obviously see that with the Switch. But they continue to produce... More content and different. You always have to remember, yeah. Nintendo is a toy company. They're not. I mean, they are video games. Obviously, they've been doing it for decades now. But they're a very fun first kind of company. If that makes any sense. It does. Yeah, they're not high tech. They're their greatest achievements have been very low tech. Honestly, I mean, I already referenced the Game Boy, but I mean all that stuff. I mean, Game Boy is one of the most successful platforms. Their most successful platform was the original DS. So. Having that kind of low-tech, fun-first mentality, mm-hmm. I think, is really helping drive the company and especially the Switch. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that. And I like. And to me, the biggest seller was taking the games on the go. You have these games that you yep. can only play at home. Like to me, I, I think like Final Fantasy 15. I love that game, and I wish I could just pick it up and go. And I can't with Final Fantasy 15 yet, but but you that idea. Pocket edition. Yeah, but those <laughs> games, you can literally just literally take it out of the dock. Go somewhere and keep playing, and so good. and they did it right. I mean, yeah. it's great. So, yeah, that's that's the Nintendo Switch. I mean, we're a little early on time, but maybe if I didn't talk about something or you had any questions about the Nintendo Switch that I could answer, I could open this up to everybody because there's just a lot about the Switch. And in terms of collecting, I absolutely love doing it. Um, and I love I love informing people of everything coming out because there's always something that's just like, oh, that got a release or that's coming out. 
And did anyone have a question specifically for Jeff? Yes, that's true. I'm just his. We're looking around the room. Yeah, because yes. my, my way of collecting is a bit differently than others. Like, I typically, like, for example, since I'm at home this week and I'm playing Dragon Quest Eleven, the demo, and as soon as I beat the demo, my wife will allow me to purchase the game. The demo is 10 hours. <laughs> so, what a nice one. So, <laughs> the demo first. Yeah. So, I mean, I typically, for the AAA games, I'm waiting till they come down in price because at GameStop... And other places, you can typically find sales and deals. And so I wait to find a lot of the really good games. And then I'm supporting the smaller games, the limited production games, those ones that are out there that might be a little more obscure. Um, those like uh, Collector Vision, which my buddy John GameStraty1 released, uh, Sydney Hunter on the eShop. And if that does well, we'll see a physical release. That's the kind of stuff that I'm supporting on the Switch. And it really is a Shangri-La of retro games there even from year one there's obscure japanese arcade ports that were released there's a penguin coon wars which is literally a famicom game that was put out on the uh on the switch in the first year like there's just crazy stuff that came out awesome yeah i even heard of that yeah and that's just how oh yes Dispatch Games is another limited publisher in the U.S. There we go. You, you mentioned Penguin Wars, and they were the ones who put that out. They yeah. did a retail and then a foil exclusive cover on their website. I mean, that's just how insane collecting can be. Like little differences like that where the game is the same, card's the same, but you get a shiny cover. So you know what people should do Important. in the crowd? People in the crowd should say a game, and then JP will spit out a bunch of collector mumbo-jumbo at you all. <laughs> <laughs> Mumbo jumbo. No, please don't do that. <laughs> don't ask J- JP. Right. Any final comments, Jeffrey? No, that works. Like, I want people in the uh, the crowd to ask you about collector edition. Just say a game, <laughs> and then you'll go into a, a robust history. <laughs> I think he gives me too much credit. No, but yeah, if there are any questions, either right now that you want to ask, and everyone in the crowd can hear, or come up afterwards, you're more welcome to. But yeah, I mean, my my focus on my channel, not to do a plug, but it's just to inform everybody about what's coming out physically for the Switch. Yeah. I support digital-only releases because I'm, you know, I become publisher. The goal is you don't miss the release, and I will just say every week I put out a weekly release post. It gives you the links, it gives you the info as to is it regular, is it limited, is there an X amount of copies available, where can you buy it? Because like I have to do that for myself sometimes because I'll look at my list. As I'm going through like 14 different retail websites, I'm like, I don't think I pre-ordered that yet. I didn't even know truck racing came out. I mean, there's a truck racing game, people. Did you know that? No, exactly. I mean, that's, that's just how crazy it is. There's a game for everything. There's a game called Unicorn Princess coming out. A simulator game came out in Europe. Not everybody knew that. I mean, that's... Go back to the unicorn thing. Yes, what is that? So during the day, I'm I think in. you take care of your unicorn. <laughs> At night, you go into the fantasy world and okay. you play as the unicorn. And yes. There's literally a physical game of that coming out. Sold. Yeah, I'm sold too. I pre-ordered Done. it. Yeah. <laughs> Me, your I shirt is pink. <laughs> no, but, that, but that, that's just how, how crazy it is to, to keep up on a weekly basis. And you get these these AAA games, right? Like you have like the Dragon Quest games coming out yep. that are just like been waiting years for. But then it kind of gets lost in the shuffle with all these other mm-hmm. smaller titles coming out, limited titles coming out. Well, as I mentioned before, their eShop is desperate need of an overhaul yeah. and games like that can be buried yes. so being able to keep up with a list every week for physical editions so let me uh sign off this uh, call so that way y'all could close up the panel um sure. so 
Yep. If JP's over there signing my books as me, uh, he's lying. He's he's not me at the at the convention. <laughs> just so you know, like my books are there though. Um, make sure you support the Switch Collector. Yep. Hagensalley.com is where you can find my books online. Um, if you have any questions, hit me up on social media as well. Um, I am around, and I will be finishing the physical section of the Switch Collector since I'm home this weekend. Woo-hoo. The book will be done. So thanks everybody, and I will see you later. Say bye to Jeff. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Bye, Bye, Jeff. All right.